Welcome back to the program. I'm Rubina Ahmed Hawk, and this is On Point. Well, we are getting more and more reports of the recovery efforts uh, in the Maritimes on the East Coast from Hurricane Fiona. Uh, the preliminary bill is $700 million uh, in damage, and now we're hearing that that could be topped uh, by, uh, even more so as we start to see uh, you know, exactly the damage that Hurricane Fiona uh, created as, as she went through that part of the country. Uh, many people there now wondering how they're going to pay for that, uh, if they have insurance that covers any of those, uh, any of those repairs, um, and, uh, and where the money is going to come from. And there's a lot of frustration as well as to how slow the recovery has been. Uh, now we're hearing that uh, Maritimers, for example, are saying that patience is really wearing thin when it comes to whether utilities uh, are going to be back up online and if the system is even built to deal with storms because they know that they are more susceptible to them. To talk about the recovery efforts that are happening um, on the East Coast and to give us more insight into how all of this comes together when a big storm moves through an area. We're joined by Kyle Douglas. He's the co-owner of CRCSDKI. It's a full-service disaster recovery, remediation, and repair provider. Kyle, welcome to the program. Hey, Romina. Thanks for having me. Thank you so much. So tell me, you know, from your perspective, uh, as someone who owns a company uh, that uh, does this kind of work, when something like Hurricane Fiona moves through and you've got hundreds and if not thousands of homes that need immediate attention, uh, what's sort of the process? How do you how do you deal with who needs the attention first and how do you get to the people that need uh, who are in more in a more dire situation than others? Yeah, like uh, obviously a very uh, sensitive uh, question, and and uh, you know really hard to you know isolate one thing. But um, for us, it's you know obviously health and safety is first. Is you know making sure the people, the citizens, the residents are all uh, safe, and then we got to start triaging, um, you know the the magnitude of it. So usually when we roll into a disaster, uh, you know site or an area that's been hit, is we have to get our essential services up and running. So find accommodations, food, uh, fuel, energy, like electricity, um, to, to make sure that we can do our job. Um, and then, then we start assessing, you know, priority projects, um, uh, hospitals, uh, grocery stores, so that people have access to essential uh, needs and services um, so that they can live and, and, and provide for their family. So usually that's kind of groundwork one. And then the, the hardest thing to get usually is drinking water. Um, because you have no power and you potentially lost your home or are flooded out and 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 that's a, something you need to live so um, that's usually our main process when we land on sites like that thank you for going through that the sort of flow chart of how you would figure out where the, the greatest need is and as you said of course it's sensitive everybody's need is great it's just that like you said that those who are completely stranded without drinking water without electricity uh, they would need uh, that that help first uh, your reaction to how the recovery has been uh, in the Maritimes, we're hearing, you know, a lot that the, it's taken for, in many cases, many days for hydro to get back online, for people to have, um, uh, people have access to, to running water. And, and that, of course, as we move into colder months, it is very uncomfortable for those people spending the night without any heat or, uh, or running water. Your reaction to how that recovery effort has been so far? 
Yeah, like obviously it's um, it, like a lot of the areas that have hit are kind of isolated, smaller communities. So you, transportation is usually the hardest. So there's one road in, one road out, or, you know, two roads in, two roads out. So, you know, it's you struggle to get crews in. You, get, you can't get, you know, workers in to restore electricity. Um, you can't get heavy equipment in because bridges are out or roads have been washed out or, um, you know, major infrastructure that we rely on that we really – you know, just use every day that you don't even think about is gone. Um, so, you know, we find it quite difficult because for us to respond, um, you know, it's it's a little slower uh, because of those reasons. So you, you got to build infrastructure back before you can respond um, to homes and businesses to to try to, you know, restore and recover them. Um, and and it's, it's very difficult and it's very emotional because you, you have kind of everyone pulling at you to to to, tell, to help them. And, and you got to kind of prioritize where, where, where you start. Now, how has your business changed in the last decade or so? As as you described, catastrophic events uh, is when you really step in to help those people who have been impacted them uh, from them. How has your business changed, and how are you preparing for these more frequent catastrophic events that that are that are hitting us, not just on the east coast, but in Ontario as well, in Calgary with flooding? There's been so many examples of how we've seen. Uh, you know, one one in one hundred time, one in one hundred year events happening more frequently across the country. Uh, yeah, so that the, you you kind of started with exactly what's happening is that the frequency is increasing. Um, we're seeing you know harsher events more frequently, and um, which puts a lot of stress on our infrastructure um, and and causes you know obviously like what we saw in Ontario on May twenty first with a you know an area in Durham region in Uxbridge a tornado and. You know, we've been in business for a long time and, you know, citizens of different towns like Uxbridge have never seen a tornado. Then all of a sudden now there's a tornado that's gone through their their community and destroyed a lot of their community. And and we see it. We see it a lot. And um, for us as a business in it, um, you know, obviously you can't plan for it. You, you can have emergency preparedness plans where, you know, you identify you need people, you need equipment, you need, um, you know, accommodation, things like that. But they they've been. The, the storms have been pretty frequent and uh, and and a lot more harmful to to our buildings and our homes and and it, it's difficult to really get that playbook. Um, you know, you you sit down around a table and you you try to determine how you're going to respond. But at the end of the day, it's a it's a it's a play sheet or a cheat sheet. But you don't um, you can't fully plan because you know your cheat sheet might have it's only a 20 minute drive, but now it's an hour and a half and you got to go to a remote community or it's a three hour drive or um, you know, there's no power. Um, that's what we faced here in Ontario, where I'm located, um, with the recent um, tornado that hit in May. Um, we had power out and we had road closures. Uh, like to physically get to the site to respond was impossible for you know days and weeks, and that uh, that that causes a lot of emotional and mental stress on everyone. You know, on the community, on the first responders. Um, you know, uh, on just the homeowners or the citizens of, of that, that small community. So it, it's really hard to sit down and do a plan. Um, you, you do, you try, um, and you prepare your business for it. Um, but, you know, there's been a lot of hurdles uh, in business over the last two and a half years, as everyone knows, with what we've gone through with COVID. So you, you, you try to plan as much as you can, but you also just have to, unfortunately, put your head down and just really work hard through it to make sure that you support everyone around you.
Yeah, it's a pretty dramatic time right now to be in your business, uh, the re recovery and remediation repair uh, and repair providing business. Uh, I, I really uh, I don't envy how much uh, how hard that job must be. Thank you so much, Kyle, for for joining us. Yeah, no worries. That was Kyle Douglas. He's a co-owner at the recovery contracting firm CRCS DKI. It's a full service disaster recovery, remediation and repair provider talking about his reaction to what's happening right now on the Maritimes um, and how that recovery effort is shaping up and what we can expect from these catastrophic events that are happening more and more frequently, uh, not just on the East Coast, but right here in Ontario as well. I'm Rabina Ahmed-Huck. This is On Point. We'll be back after a quick break.